You're listening to season two, episode one of the Breed Like a Badass podcast. This week, I'm talking to the fantastic writer, designer, and creative consultant, Jamie Varon. Hello, you are listening to Breathe Like a Badass, the podcast for ambitious, creative women who know that anxious, overwhelmed, and full of self-doubt is absolutely no way to live. I'm Hannah, and I teach personalized and down-to-earth meditation as a tool to help you overcome anxiety and overwhelm, stop overthinking in its tracks, and finally get you the calm, clarity, and confidence you need to live your most fulfilled one wild life. This podcast is intended to be your trusty companion as you head outside of your comfort zone. And every week, I speak to badass women and men who are out there taking bold, creative, and concrete steps towards their goals and dreams and living the mindful, contented, and fulfilled life that we really do all truly deserve. This week's podcast is brought to you by my free quiz, which asks the question, what is really keeping you stuck and how can you break free? It is totally free and in return you will get a personalized profile sent directly to your inbox plus a free three-day video course on exactly what you need to break through to a life that feels truly good. Head over to breathelikeabadass.com forward slash quiz to take it now and also if you're listening to this episode on your phone I would absolutely love to know and I'd love to say hi and thank you in person so please do take a screenshot of the episode and post it on Instagram tagging me at breathe like a badass send me a dm or you can always send me an email as well at hannah at breathe like a badass.com you would also make my absolute day slash week slash year if you went to wherever you're listening to this podcast now and leave a review especially on apple Podcasts, because those reviews show up well and they help spread the word to everyone else who could use a little bit of support on their journey because no one deserves to live life anxious, overwhelmed, and feeling not good enough. Believe me, I've been there and I truly do know. That is where this podcast and my brilliant guests come in. Thanks so much for listening and let's get on with this week's show. This week, I'm talking to Jamie Varon, the brilliant writer, designer, and creative consultant who's passionate about creating a life that feels really good and finding small and big moments of joy in life, which, if you can't tell, is pretty much everything I believe in. I have followed Jamie's work online for years and it was the most ridiculous honor and so much fun to chat to her about everything from how to overcome overwhelm and not feeling good enough, how to be real online without burning out, getting truly curious about who we are and what we really truly need from life, how to be happy with the life that we have while still going after those important goals, achievements, and crucially, financial success, and how Jamie's daily rituals help her anxiety and enable her to make decisions that feel at once peaceful and powerful. Ultimately, Jamie says that it doesn't matter how your life looks, it's about how it feels. And wow, if that isn't a mantra for our times, then I don't really know what is. This was such a fantastic energizing way to kick off season two and I am so happy that I'm finally getting to share this with you and as always all the show notes for this episode can be found at breathelikeabadass.com forward slash podcast okay we are good Jamie thank you so much for being here as I've already said to you before we started recording I am so 
so happy that we're getting to have this chat. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited to talk about all the things. All of the things. Yeah, exactly. You should see. You should see my question list. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to talk fast. But, <laughs> but so for people that don't know, although I'm pretty sure that everyone that knows who I am will definitely know who you are. But for people that don't know, can you summarize your background? Um, because I know that you're obviously a designer and also a writer. Um, and you're really well known for promoting kind of self-love and self-acceptance, which is like obviously something that I believe everybody needs more of. But how did you get to be doing what you're doing now? Like, what's your journey to where you are? So I have always done design. Um, and I kind of fell into it as um, in like 2009, I started putting my work out there on my blogs. So I've always blogged. Like I used to have a Zanga account and then I blogged on MySpace and then like anywhere I could just like put my thoughts, I put it wherever people were. Um, so I've always had that as a thing that I like to do. And I, I had blogs for a while and then I started putting my blog work out there and, um, people started hiring me. So for 10 years I've been doing design, but also I've always had some sort of writing going on. Um, and I mean, I don't know that I've always, uh, actually like when I first started writing, a lot of it was just like funny stories about what was going on with me. Like I was young, I was 21, 22. So, or maybe even younger than that. And I just wanted to like shoot the shit and tell my stories about like dating. Like I once had a dating column. Um, I once had a fake um, advice column with San Francisco Weekly. Like I, I actually was like a comedy writer for a while. Um, and I guess, you know, comedy and truth and honesty are always very interconnected. Um, but I really started to feel that my, my, I wasn't serving myself very well by like talking so ironically about dating and life and all of this. And like, I wasn't taking anything very seriously. And so then I started writing really honestly and um, it was just connecting with people so much. And then I was feeling connected with people. I was like, oh, this is really healing for me and very cathartic. And at first, I mean, I was writing in 2014 and 2015, I was a senior writer at Thought Catalog. I don't know if people know that website anymore, but it used to be a very popular website. Um, and I was like writing these sort of like confessional essays almost every day, along with like the little clickbaity lists that we always needed to write. but. Um, and it was very vulnerable. I would get very, very difficult comments. And actually from that experience, I took about three years off of writing. Wow. And so, okay. yeah, the, like I was really burnt out. Like I had spent basically a whole year writing thousands of words of like my pain and sadness and trauma. Like my writing from that time was pretty deep, like pretty sad and I wanted to write a book at that time but I every time I sat down I would just get sad and I was like I don't want my whole career based on me being sad like I can't do that and I didn't know how to do any of it without that so um I took like three years off of writing and the iteration of my writing now is because of that break I had to like get myself back because 
like if you spend almost 10 years writing on the internet, your life like becomes almost like you're up for public consumption. And so I was like, I don't even know what I want to say anymore. It's just like, it was, it was really tricky. Um, and then from that break, I now feel a lot more secure and like what I want to say and how much, like, I'm very honest, but I have a lot of boundaries. Like I, there are things that I really truly do not talk about because I want them for myself. Like not because I'm ashamed or anything, but because I want to hold some things close to myself. And I don't talk about something if it's too raw for me. Like I'm not, if I have to talk about something to get validation, I don't talk about that. So like I am, I think I'm a lot more grounded now, um, but it took like a lot of growth to get to a place where I could be this honest and open with people um, and use and use my words as a way to heal myself, but also to like relate to others in the way that I, that I do. Yeah, I think that's fascinating to hear because I think a lot of people now might look at your stuff and just think that you're so honest and you're so open and you're so real as well. Like you talk about the difficult things, you talk about shame, you talk about not feeling good enough. And I think maybe some people might look at that and think, oh, well, it's just natural. You know, she's just naturally that confident. She just knows you know, she's just got her shit together kind of automatically. And I, I think it's so important to hear about the fact that actually, no, it was a bit, like, it was a journey for you to get to this point. Oh yeah. Um, and also I look young <laughs> and I don't wear makeup. So I look even younger, but I'm turning 34 in June. Like I, I have a lot of people don't know that. Like they think I'm, I've had a lot of people think that they, I was more in like my mid twenties, oh. but I'm like, almost mid thirties. Like I've lived some, it, I mean, not that I think that that's old, but I think it's more like I've had, I have a lot of life experience in that. And yeah, it, it was something that I had to build, um, confidence in myself and confidence in the things that I wanted to say, because the part about being vulnerable, being honest is that really, if you're not grounded in yourself and you know, your own truth, um, what people say and how they react to it can be very, very difficult. Um, it can make your confidence go up and down and your self-worth, it becomes dependent on like, well, did I get the right kind of comment? Did someone respond this? Like, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't write like that anymore. I needed to find my voice for myself and build something that was like a real strong foundation for myself. And now I'm just like, I'm just sharing things I'm learning. It's not for anything. I'm not trying, I mean, of course it's nice to build, you know, build an audience and build all of this and have readers and everything. I'm not saying I'm just like, so above all of that at all. Um, but it, it's more like, I'm not trying to get a reaction out of people like I used to. Um, and so I can understand how people would think like, well, I mean, it's just natural. I could never be like that. But and granted, I've never been like so incredibly shy that I would never speak up. I've always been like pretty boisterous, but I used to really care what people thought. Like really, I mean, it was paralyzing. And more so I would do things and kind of like shape shift to get the response that I wanted. 
sure. which after a while makes you feel really disingenuous and it, you feel and you lose connection to yourself. So everything that I do, I want to still be very connected to myself. Like everything that I put out there, I'm like, is this the truth? Like, am I really, or am I like trying to say something that I know is more like popular or something like that? Like I just, I, I used to do that. Like, of course, I mean, I think everyone goes through that if they're trying to build a public brand, but I was just like, I can't, I, that's not fun for me. And I'm voluntarily choosing to do this. So I was like, like, no one's forcing me to be a writer. I need to do it my way. Sure. So what, what do you think would be your advice? I mean, I'm not putting you in the role of an advice giver or an agony aunt or anything like that, but there are so many people who are online now, especially women. And I've been thinking about this a lot recently, you know, cause I've got an online presence and I'm trying to build as well. And I meet a lot of women who are doing the same thing. And often we see social media as such a, such a, a, a place where we just feel like we're not good enough all the time. And so we, like you say, we shape shift and we, you know, what's going to, what's going to make us look popular, but not trying too hard or, you know, what do I want to say? But actually I can't say it like that. Or if I say that somebody will think this. And it seems like everybody's kind of living their life in public, but it doesn't actually make us feel any better. I mean, there's the word like comparisonitis that people use a lot to explain how it feels to be online and especially to be a woman online and feel like we're not good enough. Like, what would you say to somebody that was you know, really struggling with that? I would say I, I struggle with that too. Um, I mean, I have those accounts of friends or people that I know and I look at, and I look at them and I say, wow, they're growing at a rate like a million times faster than me. What does that mean for me? And really, I wouldn't say there's some sort of like magic wand fix, but it's more about like catching those thoughts as they happen and like reminding ourselves, like what is the true purpose of this for us? Um, because just trying to get popular online or looking popular online is a really kind of, and I don't mean this to like demean anyone, but it's a pretty empty goal. Um, because if you don't have anywhere to go with it, what is the time? What's the return on that time investment? Really? Like if you think about it, I try to like put some things into more like I'm very emotional and I'm a very like, you know, kind of, I can get into my woo woo phase and everything, but I also get into like, I have Capricorn rising in my astrology. So the like, practical part of me comes in and tries to put things in more like logical sense. It's like, okay, this is a time investment. So, and if I want to grow my audience, the only thing that's going to happen when I grow my audience is I'm going to get more opportunities and more eyes on me. So I would rather be doing the things that feel most true and calm and right to me. If all that, you know, like, I don't want to do things that are inauthentic so that I just later have to do more things that are inauthentic to then stress about keeping up with this like inauthentic life to look a certain way. Like sometimes we have to put things in those really true terms instead of being like, well, I'm just not good enough. And that's the story. It's like, well, no, no, let's break it down. 
and really look at this and get curious about where that's coming from. Like I really embrace the word curious. Like I'm, I'm just like, okay, like, let's just see what I'm feeling. What's going on here. I mean, granted, I'm, it's not always super easy to do when something's very overwhelming or I have anxiety or something, but what am I really trying to do here? Like if I, you know, I look at someone else and they're doing like more creative type of memes or something. Okay. For example. And I'm like, is that what I want to do? Like, is that calling to me? If so, I can take inspiration and pivot to that. But then that means that's what I'm going to be doing. Like you just have to do when you get successful or not successful, but like how we view success. I'm, I put, I'm doing, I'm doing a podcast, but I'm using um, hand quotes. So um, <laughs> this is with a hand quote of successful quote unquote. Um, you just have to do more of what got you there. So you should, you have to just do the things that feel really right to you. And I think a lot of people, they, they, a lot of women, because we get competitive, because we have, we've been taught to doubt ourselves in every direction all the time. It's so overwhelming. Um, we kind of like take cues from each other, but if you are watching what other people are doing and trying to mimic that, you're not really being authentic and what you're usually connecting to is someone doing something authentic it doesn't have to be super original or different but it just has to be true and it has to be like pretty honest and I think that that's what we're connecting to unless like I mean there's all different ways to show up online if you want to do if you want to like show your outfits and eventually be a um like a fashion blogger or, you know, I mean, I'm not really in that world, so I don't know, but sure. I think that, you know, I hope this is making sense because I'm a little rambling. No, it's but, making perfect sense. I really okay. actually love what you said. I'd love to revisit this as well, because this is something that comes up a huge amount in the work that I do. You use the word curiosity and curious and getting curious about who we really are. And I think that that's exactly the way that I would describe it as well. And I mean, this podcast is not only about mindfulness, but it, that's one of its main kind of threads, how to be more mindful and part of being more mindful. And part of the principles of that is getting curious about how you do feel inside and, and who you really are. And, and what I would call self-knowledge and for me, that does come from practicing that idea of, of being curious. So like you say, I'd, I'd love to hear more about how people can actually go about doing that and how you learned to do that and how that looks in your life. I mean, being curious about, okay, why am I actually feeling this or what does it actually mean to be me? Yeah, I think that in the past, I definitely would let like, as something like a stimulus affect me, something would happen. And then I'd take that as truth. And I would adopt that into what I call like my story. So it would be like, okay, someone's doing better than me. That means I'm not good enough. And now that's just evidence to my story. Like, okay, now I'm collecting evidence to I'm not good enough. And did that a lot. Definitely beat myself up a lot. Um, but then I started to, it was really kind of subtle. I started to just like shift away from that a little bit of being like, 
I think part of it was getting into journaling for me, of course, like I'm a writer. So of course I, I express myself through writing, but I think people can do it all in different ways. I know journaling has helped a lot of people too, but um, because with journaling, it allowed me to start to use that curiosity because first I was just like venting in my journal and I was like, oh, da, 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 like I feel this way. Da, da. And then after a while you see the repetition, if you do it every day or you do it consistently and you're like, well, okay, this is coming up all the time. So what's this about? Yeah. And I think like developing that as a practice and all of this is like, it just takes time. Like that's what I think a lot of people, myself included, just like didn't get, don't get is like, it takes time. Like even with something like you don't get it right away and it's okay. Like we have hours and years and months, like we have time to un undo stuff that's been like unconsciously coming into our minds for so long. So like you can get curious. I mean, you can do it in a journal, you can do it in your mind, you can stop your train of thought. Because what I found is like, when you stop shaming yourself or feeling anything other than like good and happy, like, you know, I hear people shaming envy all the time. Like, mm -hmm. well, women need to support each other. We all need to lift each other up. Okay, but also <laughs> we've been taught for all the time that we've been alive that there is one piece of pie for us, there's one woman allowed in every room where there's tons of men. There is one woman allowed, there's the token woman. The to like, of course we're gonna feel that it's, this, the opportunities are scarce. Of course that's gonna make us competitive. That's like putting us in a cage and being sure. like, okay, fight for scraps and, and then, and then de demonizing us for fighting for scraps. So it's like, that's kind of messed up. So I think like all this shame that goes around feeling emotion and feeling anything other than like happy and grateful. And I'm, I, I mean, I'm so grateful for my life, but like, that's all shame because it's like, we know you can be, you can have all the things that you have, but still have pain and trauma. Like we know that that all exists. So we don't have to shame each other. We don't have to shame ourselves. Of course, it starts with ourselves, but we learn it from somewhere. That's always my thing. It's like, I see a lot of self-help and advice that's about like, it all puts the onus on the person. It's like personal responsibility and like taking responsibility for your life and this. And I agree with that. But also there's another side to it where it's like, We've been taught a lot of this, like with bodies. We, I mean, with our bodies, we've been taught to hate our bodies. So we can't just undo that right away. It's just us feeling bad about ourselves personally. It's a whole social construct, but anyway. So the shame around emotion and things like that is like, that's what makes us unwilling to look at it. That's what makes us unwilling to get curious because we push it down. Sure. And so when we accept that, okay, a happy life, for example, can include everything. Uh, you know, it can be times of anger. It can be times of frustration. It can be uh, like a, you know, a happy partnership in any kind of partnership can include times of tension and strife, but still be filled with love. Like we know those things can exist. It doesn't need to be so extreme. 
And so when we take away this feeling of like, well, I shouldn't be feeling this way. I have everything. I have a beautiful family and this and that, and I shouldn't feel sad or any, it's like, well, that's not going to get you anywhere because shame, shame is the end of the conversation. There's nowhere to go with shame. So it's like, once you shame someone, once you shame yourself, you shut down any, um, any openings, like there's nowhere to go. But if you open it up with a question like, okay, I don't like that I feel this way. I know that like logically, I don't know that I have a lot of current reasoning to feel this way. But anyway, how, why do I feel this way? Um, that really, that opens up. I mean, that's such a lighter thing than I shouldn't feel this way. So I'm going to stop feeling this way. Like, where do you go with that? Absolutely. Um, yeah. It, yeah. So it's like, that's the end of that sentence. And then you're still feeling it anyway. You're just ignoring it and it's percolating somewhere. I think as well, so much of what you're saying for me, it just kind of like boils down to, like you said, self-acceptance, but holding self-acceptance in one hand and also having the courage to like, exactly like you say, to investigate it and it's like, okay, I know that I feel this way. I recognize that I feel this way. I'm going to accept myself and accept the fact that I have this feeling. But I'm also going to give myself permission to be curious about it. And, and as you say, not shame myself for it, but instead recognize that maybe it's normal that I feel that way or realize that I'm not the only one or, you know, try and find a more healthy way of, like you say, dealing with it, maybe investigating it, just learning to live with it. I think that's something that you speak about really, really incredibly well, especially on your Instagram. I mean, I, that's, the, that's the main place that I, I see you. I obviously get your Friday letters as well, which I want to talk about later. But I think something that you mentioned a lot is that you just kind of made the decision at some point in your life to be happy and focus on the good. And I'd love to hear more about that. Like, what does that mean to you? Was it as simple as that? How did it happen? Well, it was as simple as that, but also a lot more complex because um, I guess like in 20, I would say 2016 was the kind of time where this hit like a fever pitch. I was doing, trying to force a lot of things to happen in my life. I had just turned 30. I was, I guess I, I don't know. I was like in either turning 30 or early 30 something. And I had a lot of, I was just extremely strung out and um, having anxiety and feeling so behind and all of this stuff. Like I just had all of this stuff that kind of hit me. And I um, started to really think like, huh, have I ever really prioritized being happy? And I, I really, real, I realized I hadn't. Like I had always done the, and it was so subtle. I'd always done the, I'll be happy when. Like I, I'm not happy. I don't get to be happy yet. I haven't been a, you know, I haven't lost weight. I haven't um, perfected my relationship with my husband. Like we still fight. We still do this. Or like, you know, I, I don't have like, a, a, like a overflowing savings account. I still like need to book clients and things like, you know, like all the things that we all do, but like, 
I took that as all reasons why I couldn't be happy. And so I was always striving. And um, I was like, I'm going to stop striving. And it took a long time. I had to like kind of detox from all of this stuff that was in my mind of like, I'll be happy when this happens. I'll be happy when this happens. And I didn't even realize I was really doing it um, Mm -hmm. until I stopped. And I was like, I actually, what's really interesting is there was like almost a year where I was sort of like apathetic. I was like, well, what am I even going to look forward to? If this is as good as it gets, then fuck. Like, (laughs) oh my God, this sucks. Like I was honestly just like, wow, this is, I don't even get to look. Cause like I had always escaped to like fantasy daydream of like one day that'll be me. Like one day I'll be so happy when I have all of this lined up, you know? And I was really in that. And, um, I just said, I was like, what the hell would happen if I just said, I'm going to be happy now like what would change and i was like damn everything has to change like really i was just like i gotta get my financial life together because i can't keep thinking like one day i'll just get a lump sum of like all this money and it'll all just i'll pay off my debt and da 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 like all this stuff i was like well actually i kind of like gotta get my financial life together i gotta get my mind right i gotta stop like um escaping to these like daydreams i gotta let go of some things And I got to wait for some things to come back if they're going to come back. Like some of these dreams that I was putting all my hopes on and, you know, it was really kind of messed up to realize that like I had never, ever prioritized like being happy right now or like being, and I get like happy for me. It's an overused word. I want to like maybe clarify that like my definition of happy is not so much like this erratic kind of like constant joy because I'm really not, I mean, I'm kind of like not that way at all. I'm not super, I'm not like the bubbliest person. I'm not like the person you go to is going to like blow smoke up your ass or anything. Like I'm kind of, I'm a little bit like skeptical. I'm, I'm just, I'm not like that. I'm not that image that we have of like happy. Um, It's more like, happy is just an absence of things. Like it's an absence of like paralyzing self-doubt, the absence of feeling like my best life is somewhere out there and I just need to like discover it somewhere. Um, That like, I'm just not putting my life on hold. I'm not sitting here going, oh, well, I can't do that. And I can't do that. And like, it's, it's just, it's more of like a, a calm of, and not being like, in my own way all the time. Totally, yeah. Yeah, like I think of joy as like times of really like, you know, excitement or something like getting, you know, really hyped up. But I mean, happy for me is more like I accept everything that's going on. Like some days I'm not in that, you know, I'm not in a mood to talk to people or hang out with people or some days I'm like bitchy or some days I'm, you know, annoyed and I don't want to like, talk to the woman in the pool who's like trying to strike up a conversation with me, which happened the other day. And my husband was like, why are you not friendly sometimes? I was like, I don't know. I just sometimes (laughs) don't want to chat. (laughs) Yep. I'm like, but that's accepting. But to me being happy is like accepting that that's true too. And that doesn't make me like a bad person or anything. Like, it's just, 
I don't, I, I know what I need right now. Like I wanted to just sit in the pool and like read my book and not chat. And that's it. Like I had my own thing going on. But anyway, kind of my thing of happy. It's not like this, you know, just like, oh my God, everything is perfect all the time. And like, I'm just always in this, like my husband and I never, ever have an, ever have an issue. And I am just like always feeling good about my body. And like, I just always like imperfect. Like I'm, and I'm always doing yoga on the beach. Like somehow I'm always on the beach doing yoga. Like I just, <laughs> I'm not, I don't think of it like that. I'm just like, happy is accepting that it's all true. Like it's all cool. It's all good. Everything's going to be okay. I can tell someone like, if I'm not feeling it, I can tell myself the truth. It's just like a more, just a peace and calm with the way that life is. And like actually seeing my life very clearly and with like very clear eyes, no delusions, no avoidance, no escaping, nothing. Just being like, okay, here's where I'm at. I haven't got to where I want to be that I thought that I would be, but okay, we're going to move the finish line a little further and that's okay. Like just, you know, I mean, kind of like, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I just, I resonate with what you're saying so much. And I mean, I've definitely been there, like you say, and it, it sounds as if the way that you're summarizing it is just acceptance like you said acceptance of what is like some days you will feel really happy and great and everything is in flow and it's all amazing and then other days you'll literally be like I don't feel like talking like and this is also okay and I think it is just that level of understanding and and like I say like level-headedness as well and self-acceptance but in a kind of contented way rather than like feeling like you have to chase joy all the time and if you're not joyful every day then you're doing it wrong or actually you know you haven't found real happiness yet or whatever it might be I love what you said as well about this idea that there's this like perfect life waiting for us out there and all we have to do is kind of get all of our ducks in a row and it will somehow like become apparent and we'll just like discover it and suddenly all our problems will be gone I resonate with that huge amount yeah totally well we don't think we're doing it that's the thing I mean we we hear it and we go yeah okay I, I, I can see how you do that but we like yeah we don't we think like but I'm different I know that when I get this amount of money or this person I will be happy. It's like, we all think we're the exception, but it's like, I know also the thing with that, the thing that uh, really with that, that I'm experiencing now actually in a very, very real experience of it right now mm -hmm. is once you don't put all of it on the future, once you feel really happy, just as you are when nothing's going on and all kinds of stuff, like everything, you're just accepting, accepting where you're at and you're good with where you're at. Then when things do happen, you get to actually enjoy it in the moment. You're like, damn, I'm really like in it now. I don't have to make it mean anything. I don't have to make it like, I don't have to put all these expectations on it. I don't have to assume like, oh, now my life is going to be changed and all this stuff. You can just be like, this is a really cool experience to have right now. And you get to be in it for real. And, and you can feel grateful right then instead of being like, man, it was good back then. And I missed it because I was so busy looking ahead of me 
for when the good moments were coming. It's like, no, if you feel it now, then when like really cool experiences happen or you have one of those days where something big com comes in, maybe you get like a really exciting email or like something really cool happens, you get to like really feel it then because that was another thing. I felt like every time something good happened or I had like a really big experience, something very specific. I love to use specifics. Um, like cool. when I was writing for Thought Catalog, I had my first, it was like December, I think 2014, maybe I had my first big viral hit of an essay lists or whatever, because lists will always like kind of do viral stuff. But this was an essay that I wrote and, um, it went, I mean, it was like millions of people. I was getting like screenshots from friends. This is sharing it. Da, da, da. It was like really, really crazy. Instead of being excited, I was stressed about, oh my God, now I have to write the next one. And I didn't write for like a week or two because I was like so scared of this like follow up and I have to like get it. And oh my God, now I really have to get in. Like I'm going to read every comment and I'm going to take it all personally and all this stuff. And I was like, I looked back like a few years later and I was like, man, why couldn't I have just like enjoyed that moment for a second? Like, man, people are really connecting with something that felt very personal to me. That's cool. That's yeah. really cool. Didn't even have one second of that. And I was like, okay, well now I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that I enjoy the things when they're happening because that is bullshit. But to just let my life go by and I only look, I only experience it. What? And like retro, you know, like I look, when I look at it backwards, yeah, absolutely. I mean, totally. It's just so funny how you're, we haven't even really talked about mindfulness. Like I, that's what I do. I'm a mindfulness coach, but we haven't even really spoken about it in those terms. And yet you are basically ticking off all of the reasons why I think mindfulness is the bomb and why it's helped me in my life. Now, I'm not saying that what I do is the only route to discovering all these things. And, you know, from what you've said, you have done your own work to kind of get to this point. But for me, that's, that's another like unbelievable reason why it's so important to be in touch with yourself and, and why it is so important to know what it feels like to just be you and just be able to focus on the present moment, because it's like, then you actually can notice the present moment and enjoy it for what it is. And it's so funny that you use the example um, when you get a really great email, because yesterday I got an email from somebody who I've admired. I'm not going to say their name because like what we're talking about isn't official yet, blah, blah, blah. But I got an email from somebody whose books I've been reading and who I previously only thought of as somebody who was a name on a book on my bookshelf who I would never ever be able to talk to. They were just way too far ahead of me, you know, in another universe to me. And I got an email from them yesterday talking about potentially working with me. And I was just like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like I have to do a dance. Like I have to enjoy this. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And yes. it's like, I could have been really freaked out by it. And I could have been like, oh my God, I'm really anxious. Like, I'm not going to be good enough for them. Like, what, like, who the hell do they think I am? Like, why the hell do they want to talk to me? Like, this is all terrible. And I was like, no, man, like, I'm going to, I'm going to freaking enjoy this moment. Like, their name is in my inbox. Damn. Like, I never thought that would happen. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's important. I mean, that, this is so important to say and talk about because 
I think a lot of times like healing is framed in like, okay, well then you just won't feel like shit. <laughs> and like, sometimes that's, that's motivating, but sometimes it's nice to be motivated by like positive things too. Like, okay, if you, you know, if you get to this place, you get to really enjoy your moments while they're happening. And, um, that's like, that to me is just like such a nice way to frame it because I mean, yes, it, when someone is really struggling and like has a lot of emotional um, pain that they're going through, sometimes like taking them all the way to like, suddenly you're going to be enjoying your moments is maybe like too many steps ahead. But eventually that's such like a beautiful thing because that I look at that and there are so many, because I'm very ambitious too. Like I, I want certain things to happen in my life. I have a list. I have... A like I have a loose plan guide of things that I want to happen. And something that I keep reminding myself is that I want to be the kind of person who knows when the moment is happening, who can sit there and know this is, this is happening right now. And I am here for it. And I really have never been that person in the past like that. It might seem I mean, of course, like this is coming from a place of like, I've done a lot of self work to get here and a lot of the mindfulness practices. I, don't, I, I mean, I didn't really like study mindfulness too much, so I don't attribute it, but I mean, it all comes in different ways. I want to be able to see and enjoy that as it's happening. I don't want to sit there and go, well, do I deserve this? And can I be here? Can, can I exist? Is this going to make me doubt myself and all that? Like, that's, that's where I lived for like a decade mm -hmm. and I'm just, I can't do it anymore. So I'm going to do everything I can now to look at where I'm at, which I know, I mean, I'm very clear headed that like where I'm at right now is not where I envisioned where I'd be at almost 34, but that's okay. Like, that's another thing. It's like, it's okay to just admit that to ourselves. And then, cause then when you do that, you go, well, then what can I do now to get to, to like get closer. And I don't think that my life's going to like change dramatically, but like I have a long life. I have things that just feel fun to do. So I'm going to see what is possible for me to do. Um, you know, instead of making everything mean so much, because that's the other thing, like attributing so much meaning to every fleeting thought. Cause I think that's why also just like skipping back a little bit to Instagram, I feel like that's why a lot of us get so drowned, like feel so drowned on Instagram is because it's like this very constant like consumption, mm -hmm. consuming thoughts, consuming inspirational things, this and that related, all this stuff and attributing too much meaning to everything. And then all of a sudden our brain is like, nah, like, okay, okay. Oh, it's overloaded because we've like made everything mean so much. And I think that's part of, um, part of like my journey has been like, I just don't need to make this mean anything right now. Um, like even in, and something I read, it, I think it was Seth Godin and it was mm -hmm. like one of his little blog posts that are just like brilliant. Oh my God. Um, I love him. I have one of his books on my desk, like literally where I'm sitting right now. And yeah, he's, he's genius. He's genius. But I mean, he talks about marketing, but so much of his stuff, 
like applies to the human experience, which that makes sense. I once read something from him. I think it was like, God, it was years ago, years ago. And it stuck with me. It was like, don't take anything personally, the good comments or the bad. And I was like, huh, that is it. Like, I don't make, I don't make the good comments mean anything either. Like, I don't care. I mean, I care, of course. I'm like touched. I'm sure, not going to say sure, that. Sure, I'm not like, oh, I'm so like above it. But I don't like, I don't look at what someone says if they like give me a compliment or something. I don't take that as, oh, that must mean I'm good enough for today. Do you know what I mean? But like, I used to do that. I used to be like, well, that's my self-worth for the day. Someone has acknowledged me. And now I don't, I'm just like, oh, that's so nice. And also I get to like really feel it. I accept the compliment instead of being like, okay, that's like my energy from, for the day. Thank you. I feel like affirmed. And now I need someone to compliment me tomorrow or like, like that kind of thing. And I think that that's really important because if you don't make the, the good stuff mean anything and or then that means like almost automatically the bad stuff can't have as much effect. And I'm saying good and bad in quotes because it's all just an experience, but I, it's just easy to identify. We know when it's a nice comment, when it's a shit comment. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, we all, absolutely. We all know. <laughs> we know, we know. I think, I think all of us know. But I, I think what, how I would summarize what you just said, it's just like, it feels so freeing. Like that is so freeing. Like you're releasing this grip that so many of us have and I feel it and I know that a lot of other people that I speak to in my work feel it just this constant grip of like I have to be really vigilant I'm gonna look for others for my self-worth like we don't realize that we're doing it we don't we don't do it on purpose we're not sitting there going yes I will look to external sources for my validation but we do it without even realizing and to be able to just be ourselves regardless of the external validation or the external criticism I mean when you get to that point like you're free like you can choose to be who you are and you're going to be good regardless of whether you get a good comment or a bad comment or no comments I mean that that to me feels kind of like the holy grail basically it it is and some I mean I will say that there are some days some weeks some weeks where I'm a little bit more sensitive um Sure. Or like sometimes, and, and, but even that, like, I kind of just, I'm like, oh, I'm a little sensitive today. Maybe I don't post today, you know, like maybe I just, maybe it's cool if I don't like go on my Instagram stories today, like maybe that's okay. You know, I mean, it's just like kind of being with it in the moment and being like, okay, that's fine too. Or like, hmm, I'm going to maybe turn off my phone. Like I turned off my phone all day Sunday, mm-hmm. um, this past Sunday, because I was like, I've been scrolling a little bit too much and I felt like my, I felt I was careening a bit towards like the comparisonitis, you know, I was like, Oh, I'm getting a little, I've, I've, I've looked at too many accounts now. <laughs> and so I was yeah. like, I'm in a good place with this. And so even that I didn't like take that to mean a whole thing. And I am talking from a place of like, I just cannot express enough how long this took me to get here. Like it is, and I still work at it every day. Um, So it is not something that it was like light switch, now I'm free. It was like, 
a lot of time of just, you know, getting curious, trying to figure out like where this is coming from and still things come out of nowhere that I don't expect that I, that really like grip me. Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, that get me. And then I have to kind of, and I look at that and I'm just kind of like, okay, well now I got to untangle this a little bit and figure out like why I'm having such a reaction. But then I think like, you know, when you get to a place where you're not like, cause uh, you know, being numb, like I think is, is not like you don't feel anything. It's like feeling everything at once. Um, mm -hmm. and I think like when we're not, when we're like so overwhelmed by how much we feel and how much we've, it's like, we can't even get to the one feeling, you know, like we don't even know which to attack at once and look at. But I think that's another part of like being very curious every day and in the moment, not in like a vigilant sense, but more of like a calm of like, it's coming in and then I'm going to look at it and it's going out kind of sense. It's also when something comes up, you can look at it clearly. It's like, well, this is different than how I typically feel. So I'm going to look at this. It's not so overwhelming. Um, which is very different for me because it used to be like, I used to drink a lot and I, I used to get very, very drunk because mm -hmm. I was like, I feel way too much. And this was like the way to, it was like, I remember like the third whiskey and ginger that I would have, I would be like, ah, oh, this is the thing. This is the feeling I've been wanting. <laughs> yep emptiness you know of like I I don't feel everything at once um and it's funny now I I don't I really don't drink at all much now but even when I I can't I don't even get drunk mm -hmm, because yeah. I don't like it doesn't alter my I don't get drunk but I do get hung over so that sucks <laughs> getting all day yeah, I'm like, uh. Um, but you know, I I don't experience that feeling anymore because I'm like, I really don't have a lot that I'm escaping because I'm not trying to be like positive and happy it like it, to bypass certain things. Like if something comes up, I'm just like, oh well, I guess I gotta look at this. Yeah. And then I do, and then it's like, oh, that's a lot easier to manage. Absolutely. I did want to just quickly jump back as well to something that you said, because I think it's really awesome to talk about um, taking the time off or, you know, turning your phone off or being free and kind of, like you said, detoxing from feeling like you had to always be striving towards something. And again, you know, that is a principle of, of mindfulness that I was taught when I was studying it, you know, non-striving like how can we sit with what is and be okay with what is and work from that place but it's undeniable that you have been successful you know you make and you are honest about this you make a pretty damn good living doing what you do you have an Instagram following that is skyrocketing you're doing exceptionally well people are relating to what you're saying your print shop has been awesome you know you just open that and that that appears to have been well received as well and you're being creative and doing amazing work 
and also being paid pretty damn well for it. And that looks like achievement in, in a lot of people's eyes. And a lot of people would look at that and think, damn, Jamie is, is you know, pretty damn successful. And I would love to know how you unite that feeling of being very liberated and being very chill and giving yourself space when you need it and not striving with, like you said, being ambitious, getting shit done, being successful. Are those two things like at odds with each other or how do you unite them? That's, that's a great question. It is, it's a, I mean, I'm always trying to find the balance because well, first of all, in terms of looking successful, that I don't care about. Um, I really, because I mean, it's not, I'm so zen. It's just, I've, I've harmed myself too many times with trying to appear more, like appear successful that I just can't do it anymore. Like, it's a product of loving myself too much to continue harming myself, trying to look more successful than I am. So that's one thing. The second thing is I define success for myself and I'm always assessing that, like, what would that mean? I have had really, I've had varying goals from year to year, like one year for two years, it was, I needed to get out of credit card debt. And then the next year it was, I need to build a savings account. Um, and this year it is, I actually have a, a goal, but it's something I'm going to keep to myself, but it's, I have something there is something in my mind that gives me a purpose. Um, so I do things in, in service of that. And also like, I have to make money because I like pay for, I have to pay for my life. And I also am the breadwinner in my marriage. So that is like, it's not something that I really have a choice to do. Like I, and, and also, I mean, I've had my design business for 10 years, so I would hope that I, you know, and, and in a place where I am, that's at least kind of working on its own, but still, I mean, I have to go out and get clients and everything, but the ambition versus the like liberated non-striving, I think that, um, Part of that is essentially having very clear buckets. Like I have, okay, for example, like design affords me the consistent money, like Shatterbox, my design company, affords me the consistent money that I need in order to live the life that I want. So that is a very, that's a clear motivation to me. So that's great. The other things that I work on, you know, it's for passion and I have, and that's a purpose for me. And I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not doing anything drastic of like trying to turn my passion into my living or anything like that quite yet, or any, you know, not in that place yet. And that's all I like the way that I think about this, it's all very intentional. So I think like none of it, none of what I'm doing that I do online or do in my work or anything that's public facing is done without being intentional. Like it, it might seem like I'm just putting whatever or this and that, maybe it doesn't, but I mean, it, it might not look as intentional as it is, but whatever I put my time into, I have a reason for it. 
And so I'm not, I guess like I'm not ambitious for the sake of being ambitious. I'm not like striving for some look of success or some, like I know what I want to do. And I know the kind of life that I want to live. Like, because as much as I, as much as I love, you know, I, I know that money doesn't bring any kind of like self-worth to me. I also love to buy things. Like I love things. I like having a nice apartment. I don't like to struggle. Like I, I mean, so there's like certain things where it's like, I guess I live within the contradictions a little bit and I just like reconcile them because it's like, I am happy with what I have, but also there are certain things that I'm like excited to achieve. How that, like how I live in that middle ground is an everyday reminder. I always have to remind myself like, okay, I still have to be here right now, but also put my eye toward the future of what I want to do. And I have, you know, like I, I don't want to put too much on that, but I also want to take it seriously. Like it it is, I mean, it's a little bit of a balance and it's more from knowing myself that like I have tried all the ways I've tried to be so ambitious and obsessed that that's all I think about and do. I've tried, I have no goals and nothing that I want to do. And that I'm like, and and both were not good (laughs) for me. (laughs) And so I was like, got to find some middle here. And I, it is in every, I just keep it in mind every day that like, okay, there are certain things that I want to do. Like for, I mean, for example, like it's really nice to get more followers on Instagram. Of course. Like I love to be able to share with more people, but also I don't tie up my self-worth with the number of followers that I have. And it's like, a really strange tightrope to walk of being like, cause I never want to get to a point where I'm like, cool, oh, I don't fucking care about any of this. Cause then it's like, well, that's not genuine. For sure. Cause I do care. I mean, I want to, I'm not like writing in my journal. I'm writing. I want my words to be heard. Like I have a voice and I want to use it, mm. but also, <laughs> so it's like, it's all, it's always this like, but also, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And again, that that's like a key mindfulness question that comes up a lot. Like, I don't want to sound as if I'm dragging everything back to mindfulness, but it is kind of freaking me out slightly how we keep on kind of accidentally stumbling across some of the major principles that I talk about with people when I talk about mindfulness, even though we're not actually really talking about that. It's just, I love it. And I think that's one of the reasons why I resonate so much with your work, but also why so many ambitious people people resonate with your work as well because I think that you're so right it's like you can be happy with the situation as it is now you can accept yourself as you are now that doesn't mean that you don't have goals it doesn't mean that you don't have achievements that you want to yeah it it doesn't mean that you don't want to achieve anything in the future but isn't it so much easier to work towards your goals and ambitions if you come from a place of acceptance and liking yourself like I don't think anyone's ever succeeded for very long anyway if they have just been beating themselves up to get there the whole damn time like surely it's going to be much easier to achieve something if you're doing it with love and you're doing it with self-compassion in my experience that's definitely true absolutely and it's a lot 
more enjoyable to do certain things when um, you don't aren't trying to prove yourself and like you're doing it from a place of true desire because the thing is is that what I think about is first of all it is a ridiculous privilege that I get to do creative work for a living so because of that I'm not going to feel guilty that I have that privilege which I have in the past Mm -hmm. I have now transformed that guilt into like intense gratefulness. So like always got to bring myself back down to earth of like, okay, I can have a frustrating day, whatever. But also it is a privilege that I get to like sit in my own apartment, have my own schedule and do my own work. So like the worst thing that I can do is just like complain about that and act like that's my only choice. Like it's a choice and it's a privilege. So that's one. So, and like, probably that's a big one that I think about because even my own husband, I mean, he's, he's from Tunisia. He's doesn't speak. He's learned English in the past eight years. He's not American. He doesn't have those opportunities at all. So I'm, I'm faced with it all the time of like, he doesn't have this opportunity. So what am I getting? I'm always going to complain about it. I'm always going to feel and put all my self-worth on it and like make myself miserable doing it. Like if all I need to do in this life is to make money to just live, I can do that a million different ways. Like really, if I had to. So I always like remind myself that it's a very big privilege, not in a shamey way, not in a guilt way, but just like a knowing, you know, like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. this is a privilege. I choose to do this. And then the other thing is I, I don't want to do anything that I'm voluntarily, like I voluntarily use Instagram. I voluntarily put my writing out there. I voluntarily want to have a career as a writer in some iteration. And, um, that's my choice. So I'm going to try to find a way to make that as enjoyable as possible. Otherwise I literally don't have to do it. <laughs> like It's like, I don't have to do it. I feel like sometimes we have these like ambitions and goals and we feel so like, like we are forced into it. And it's like, that's your own, cho that's your choice. And make it, find a way to remember and connect to the fact that that is a choice and you choose that. And so how can you make it better for yourself to do that? And if you can't find a way then like do anything else. It's okay. Like it, it doesn't have to mean anything. If you don't like, if you don't like being like, if you don't like to work for yourself and you don't like the inconsistency of it, like go get a very stable, consistent job and like do things as hobbies yeah. after that. And just be like, don't make that mean anything. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. I think that's the thing. Like a, a lot of people connect with in my work and what I've worked so hard to do is like, I don't care how other people live. Like I'm not trying to get someone to quit their job and like become a, an entrepreneur. Like, no, go to your nine to five or like, no, no, no. Like I really, truly just want people to like connect to what they actually want <laughs> and like yeah. what will make them happy and do that without making it mean anything about who they are or what that is. Like, I don't care 
if it looks like settling to some people, if you're happy, who cares? Absolutely. It, it, to me, that really, it makes me think of just the idea that I always come back to that you have self-worth and you have worth kind of regardless of your external achievements or what it looks like to somebody else. And I think that that's something that it's so easy to forget because we are so used to kind of measuring ourselves against other people. And we, you know, we live in this competitive world, most of us anyway, where we're always exposed to what other people are doing and what other people's lives look like. And circling back to what you said earlier as well about Oh, especially when we're in our 30s, perhaps we're looking at other people and we're thinking, well, my life doesn't look like hers or she was in the same year at school as me or my, you know, somebody who you see on your Facebook and you're like, well, they're the same age as me. You know, how come they have three kids and a massive house in France or whatever? And you're like, how are our lives so different? You know, does that automatically make me slow or wrong? Or, and it's like, no, you have worth as a person, regardless of what you're doing what your life looks like from the outside and I think that's basically one of the most important lessons that I just need to keep learning like over and over and over again Um, well yeah because it's it's not about because I think what we do is a lot of times we we measure ourselves so we'll say well that person has the house in France and the three kids but I have x y and z and it's like that's still measuring the thing is is like divorce your worth entirely from anything that like everything unless it's you like it, i mean really that is i mean i feel like that's like enlightenment <laughs> like it's almost <laughs> like okay um but like that is kind of the goal is to be like don't have your worth attached to fleeting things like a job or a friendship or this or that or that i mean or your body or anything that just like is subject to change. Um, because I think that that's where we're doing this measuring. We measure, um, you know, we measure based on who we think is doing worse than us and better than us. Cause we, I mean, I love when people are always like, well, I mean, it could be worse. I could be this. And it's like, you're measuring again. Like, (laughs) measuring. Like, yes, that might make you feel good in like one little moment, but actually like you're setting yourself up to always be somewhere on this like hierarchy and I mean I know people in the I've talked to a lot of you guys in the UK and you I mean the class system puts you already in the hierarchy I think Americans there is a class system but it's I don't think it's as established as in the UK so I understand how everyone is like in their hierarchy and have this whole thing but I think like even though that's just like what everyone does and everyone is measuring it's harming us. Like they're in the UK and the U S like we have so many people who are, have so much anxiety are depressed. Like, I mean, I look at to see America through my husband's eyes who grew up in Tunisia, which is like a developing country. I don't know if everyone knows where Tunisia is, but Mm -hmm. it's, you know, in North Africa, it's not, they don't have an economy really. Um, I mean, they're, they're building it, but they don't have an economy in the sense of like America or England, you know, it's like, um, so, and to see him, to see how, how he views it and how he sees people so like 
they're not happy, like in the way that his, that he sees people in Tunisia who are living in like, they don't even have paved roads everywhere. And yet there is so unhappiness and dissatisfaction. Like it's really eye-opening um, to see that and be like, so if more and more and more and more and consuming and having more and being more and having more opportunities doesn't automatically equal happiness in the way that we think that it should, um, then what, what do you do? What do you do then? You can't just keep accumulating Absolutely. different things and achievements. So, I mean, that's basically like, I think now we're talking minimalism, but I mean, it's just like, it's really interesting to look at that and also to think about it. And because then it's like, well, the answer isn't keep measuring ourselves. The answer is take our worth away. And like, that's coming from someone I'm not sitting here and like, you know, a spare, like a, I don't have anything in my apartment and I drive like a 10 year old car or anything. Like I have a Mercedes. I like have a Gucci, like Gucci purses. Like I have things that I like. And so I always say that because it's important to be like, I'm not, not, I don't like dislike material things or like luxury goods or anything. I mean, I like it, but I also don't like attach my worth to that. I'm not like, I'm better because of this. That's big for me, like to remember and also to like connect with because then I get to just enjoy it. Like I just want it. I, I think the whole thing is like, I just want to be able to enjoy things without attaching meaning to it. Totally, totally. Yeah, absolutely. I think as well, you basically touched upon there something that I always think about, you know, why am I so obsessed with mindfulness? Like, what is it that this approach to life helps me with? Like, why did I find this philosophy, this mindfulness philosophy 10, just over 10 years ago and think, oh my God, this is, this is how I need to live my life. And the reason is, the main reason is exactly what you said, because it gives you the chance to just be who you are rather than having to always do or get or achieve it shows you that you can just be as you are right now and be curious about it and get to know what that means and how that feels and who you are. And then, yeah, if you want to strive for achievements in your life, then do that as well. But only once you've sat down and kind of accepted the present and been happy with what you currently have. And for me, that's just like, that, that was like a, a flippin' revelation for me. Like, when, like, I never thought that was okay. Like, I never thought that it was okay for me to just be and, and not yeah. always have to be doing and striving and achieving. Like, that, was, that completely changed my life. And I think even now, it's a consistent practice, like you said. I did also want to go back to something that you said. You said that when we were, when we were having that conversation about the difference between being ambitious and non-striving and the balance. You said that it was something that you think about every day. And I know that you are really big on weekly planning, daily rituals, journaling. I mean, I really loved, for example, for a while you were doing those daily mantras on your Instagram stories. And I would love to know, like, how do your daily rituals help you to 
yeah, to get in touch with this side of yourself? And, and how do you, well, I guess my question is twofold. Firstly, what do your daily rituals look like now? And secondly, how do you make sure that you do them every day and, and why? Um, I, I think the daily rituals helped me. I do it in the morning and I mean, I'm a little more lax now, but I was pretty, I was pretty intense for like two, two years of like, you could do this every day. Um, and I'm not, I, I do it probably now. Like I, so I write intentions in the morning, like how I want to feel as like, I am affirmation statements. And I used to do journaling, uh, like a couple pages of just like getting curious about how I feel. And I guess it, to me, it was like a great way to um, connect to myself and stay very, very present in today, um, you know, as a way to like not jump immediately into tasks, immediately into like anxiety and this, and I got to do this and stress and da, 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 da. But it was like, okay, let's slow down. If I do not have 10 minutes for a morning ritual, like I, I'm lying <laughs> because I know that I do, um, unless something is like I have a morning meeting or something, but come on, I don't really like go to meetings very often. So I was like, it's okay. Um, so that is really important to me. And then, yeah, I make daily lists. Like I think my whole process is essentially about, so daily lists in terms of like my tasks and everything. I, I look at one index card at a time. I don't look at like my whole week at a glance and then my month's goals and da, 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 da. I'm like, oh my God, that's way too overwhelming. Yeah. Um, so my whole, essentially all of this started as a way to alleviate anxiety because I was very overwhelmed by anxiety and I realized that I had been feeling anxiety without knowing even what it was for like years. And so, hell yes, I resonate with that so much. It's like, this is just like normal. Like this is just what my life is. I'm just constantly yeah. overwhelmed. And it's like, no, that isn't, you don't have to feel like that. Like there is, there is another way to be. Like it is possible to not be overwhelmed all the time, you know? <laughs> um, definitely. I remember one time, funny anecdote, I went to Disneyland with a friend and she has anxiety too. We just like always have our like, you know, worries that we talk to each sure. other about. And we took an edible in Disneyland <laughs> and, <laughs> and it hit us both at the same time. We were like, is this how people live? Like they're so <laughs> calm. <laughs> it, was like, it was a few years ago, but it was like really funny because we were like, Oh my God. Like, cause at Disneyland, we both get stressed out about like everyone's everywhere. Like we like going, but it's like, there's too many people. And we were both just like, is this how people are when they're not strung <laughs> out and like an anxious and all this stuff? Anyway. So they're my fun. whole thing was around like, I am not going to, I'm going to figure out a way to not have anxiety. And some of it, and a lot of it was based in like, I got to take one day at a time. And I have to connect to myself every day. And a lot of it was accepting that like, okay, some people don't have to do that. They don't have to take that time. I don't know how other people live. Cause I had this whole thing. I was like, well, why do I have to like have rituals and take care of myself? And like, you know, I was like really kind of resentful and I was like, oh man, why do I like, yeah. cause I, I, you know, I had had to do a lot of stuff. I was like, man, I'm getting sick of having to do all of these like things, you know, like 
And then I was like, well, that's great for everybody else. I don't know how anyone else lives, but for me, because this is the life that I have to live every day and I have to live in my mind every day, I have to take some steps. Hmm. And yep, absolutely. Same. I think it's so true because I was just talking to somebody else, just like just a tiny caveat on that point. There's a, a principle in Buddhism that is called the second arrow. And the second arrow means feeling bad about feeling bad. So you're anxious and then you discover rituals that maybe help the anxiety, but maybe you don't get to those rituals because you're too worried about, well, why do I have to do all the rituals? Like what's wrong with me that I have to plan my week or what's Mm -hmm. wrong with me that I have to meditate every day? Like normal people don't meditate every day. Normal people just get on with stuff. And it's like, well, who gives a shit? Like if this helps you, if you found a way to help your anxiety and it helps you live in your own head, then, then do that thing. Oh, totally. I mean, you hit it completely. Like that's, that's exactly how I would feel. I'd be like, because, okay. So one thing is I don't, I can't drink basically. (laughs) Like I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm like sober because I still have, you know, from time to time, but it affects me. Like it, I will have the last time I drank, it was for a bachelorette party. I had some wine and I was truly hungover and nauseous and actually kind of like depressed. Cause it, it's a, it's a downer. Mm-hmm. It affected me so much for a full week, seven actual days for one day of having like some glasses of wine. Wow. And I was like, well, I got, I'm like, I can be mad that I feel this way when I drink, or I can just like go to things where there's alcohol and like have a ginger ale and get on with my life and like not make it a big thing and sometimes drink, but I have to know that like, I know what I'm getting myself into. That's like one thing, but like, it actually took me a long time to get to that place of being like, why, why does it affect me so much? And I'm like, and then I'm annoyed with that. And then I'm frustrated. And then like, and the same thing with anxiety, I was like, why do I have all these worries and things getting in my way? And like, why do I have all this self doubt? And like people just like go and do things without worrying about what people think or all, you know, like all that stuff. And then I had to really get over that because I was like, well, actually this is the actual definition of self care. And I'm acting like, well, why don't other people have to do self-care? And it's like, I, who can't, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know everybody's life. Yeah. When actually like a lot of people, I mean, the real thing is a lot of people need to be taking some time, but they don't, you know? Um, I think it's either like people, people do, and they just don't tell you about it. So actually you think that everyone is out there, like, you know, doing stuff and getting shit done effortlessly and actually when you talk to most people it's not effortless they are doing stuff behind the scenes or like you say actually they're not coping as well as they seem to be and actually they probably should be doing more of the self-care stuff and also like you said either way who gives a shit about what anyone else is doing like we have to live in our own heads let's figure out what works for us yeah well that's exactly what i got to with all of this is like Um, I don't, who fucking cares what everyone else is doing with their life. I have to figure out what works for me. Mm -hmm. And then that became like the main tenet of like everything that I write about now is like, find out what works for you and like get your intentions for your life 
straight and do that. Like who fuck cares how it looks to anybody? Like I say all the time, like it doesn't matter how good your life looks. It matters how good it feels. And that's it. That's the whole thing. And I, so all of this is like, I mean, now all my rituals and things are, are like second nature. I don't have to force myself to do, or not force, but I don't have to like remind myself all the time, but also doing that. What's really interesting is the thing that shifted the most is going from, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do this? And all of that and actually doing it was now it's more second nature to be like, how do I serve myself better? <laughs> like, yeah. how do I make things easier on myself? How do I make myself, you know, how do I make this like really effortless for me? And I mean, a lot of times things are effort, but I would like it to start <laughs> as like, absolutely as easy as possible. Like I don't need all the stuff, all the emotional baggage around it. Um, and so that's, what's changed is like, I went from being angry that I had to do all of this to now on the other side of that spectrum being like, now I know how to care for myself. Like that's big. I don't, I did not know how to do that before. Like now I know how to actually like, like take care in a way that really makes sense. Like I know when I've hit my limit, I know when I need to like sit on the couch and watch like 10 episodes of Schitt's Creek and just like tune out for a little bit. I know how to just, meet my own needs and because the problem with the oh well why do i have to do this is then there's the then you're actually like denying your needs and acting like you don't have needs and then it's like how do you meet your needs if you don't even admit that you have them absolutely you've spoken quite a lot about moving to france because i think for the whole of last year was it you were in france with mm -hmm. your husband hasem and that seemed like quite a big move for you guys. And, and I know that you've spoken about how it was quite a transformative time for you. And I would love to know, like, firstly, how the heck does one make that decision to just take your whole life to France for a year? Because that sounds like something that would require a shit ton of courage. And secondly, what was it about being in France for that year that was so transformative for you? Well, the big thing was... Um, I mean, so my husband and I met in France. So I had already in 2011, I went to France on my own because mm -hmm. I could work from anywhere. And I was like, I'm going to go explore. And within a month, like fell in love with Hossam. And we were there in Paris for a year. But that was a much different time. I didn't really enjoy it because I was like, really, that's a whole different thing with like accepting love that I didn't think that I deserved, but yeah. past that. And then, um, I mean, that's like a whole other podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. That's the whole thing. Um, so then, um, I, to, we had always talked about going back and exploring that again. And it just felt like the right time we had gotten out of debt. We were, you know, in a good place and we were both not like super inspired at the time. I mean, when I left and when I made the decision and I was doing that, I was actually off social media for a year. And so it was like really interesting to make that decision and be like, I'm not going to tell anyone. It felt so like that decision belonged to Hossam and I because I didn't share it with anyone. Like truly, I told my family when we got accepted for our long stay visa. I was like, okay, well, we're going. No, I told my family when we booked our plane ticket. 
Wow. Because I was just like, I want to do some things for myself. <laughs> and Hell yeah. I love that. I think that's so important. Like when we're on social media a lot or as, as, as I was saying earlier, when it feels like we're living our lives slightly for other people, which for me was like my whole life up until a few years ago, you know, I felt like I was living my life for my parents or for my friends or for what I thought I should be doing or whatever it is. And it's like, how amazing to have a decision that is your own, that you're not doing in some kind of like performative way for someone else. Like, oh my God, amazing. That was life changing. Just that. Yeah. And then initially we were going, it was more like a, I think we're going to go for like three months and then we'll see. I didn't know that we were going to stay for a year. That was not the plan. <laughs> but right. then we, like we enjoyed it so much and we had so much fun. But really the biggest thing that I was, I learned through that, first of all, it took me a long time to get over. I had a lot of stress and anxiety about making that decision because I felt like, well, we're like in our thirties, we're married. We shouldn't be doing this. And like Hosem couldn't work out there. So it was me, like it was my income doing everything for us, which was fine. And actually like made us a lot closer because we had to get very good at communicating with each other. Um, like money stuff gets in the way of relationships a lot. And we have like gotten really good at like talking about money. That was a big thing. And like, also I, once I got over that, I was like, well, now I'm not held back by any external expectations because we're going. And it's like, even my own family was like, are you guys sure? Like you have an established life. And I was like, oh yeah, we're sure. Like we're going because this is going to be fun. And then the biggest thing was, and I guess like if we're like the theme here, it taught me a lot of like mindfulness because I was like, I am here in Paris. I am here. And then I was in Paris for four months and then eight months in the South of France. And I was like, there is no possible way that I am not going to enjoy every single moment of this because one, I understand how rare and incredible this is that we get to be here, how much of a privilege it is, how much of an opportunity it is. And two, this is just, I'm not, I'm not wasting, I'm not going to look back on that year and go, why didn't I enjoy it? And so I was like, hell no. Like I'm going to be on the beach in my swimsuit, not giving a flying fuck about what anyone thinks about my body. I don't even care because I'm going to be, there's no one happier on this beach. So it doesn't matter if I'm smaller or bigger. I, I there, I'm too happy to be here. So I'm not going to be bothered. And like, that was pretty life changing because <laughs> I was like, so amazing. Like yeah. I'm literally crying tears of joy right now. Like <laughs> listening to you being like, I literally do not give a shit what anyone thinks because if I do not enjoy this moment, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. Yes, exactly. I knew how, I knew what I had when I had it. And I think that's the biggest motivation I have for a, basically my whole life is I don't want to be that person who's like on their deathbed being like, I just, I wish I had done things differently. I want to be like, I want to know when I have, I want to have it when I have it. Like, I want to know that this is like the most incredible experience and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like demean it or, um, you know, be, be in my head about insecurities that have no place here. Like really. 
And honestly, that is like a template for everything because I thought that it was just a France thing. And since being back, I'm still like that. And I'm like, yes, I did it. Like, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad to hear that because something that I have often wondered about, because I like to travel, I went to Bali in November and I have, like, it was exciting, but I have mixed feelings about it. And it's kind of similar to what you were saying. And I kind of feel like I am somebody who has previously thought that if I just, travel then like i'll i'll be happy because if i change my geographical location then it, it will be so exciting and so interesting and so new and fresh that i will be forced to be mindful and happy and i think what you're saying is a distinction because you, you're basically saying like yes you realize what an incredible privilege it was to be in france for the year so you were going to make damn sure that you enjoyed it but i know that previously you have said you remember feeling just as sad in front of the Eiffel Tower as you were back in the United States. So I don't think it's not, to summarize, basically what I'm saying is, it's not necessarily the fact that you were in France, but being in France showed you that it was a mindset shift that you had to make. Because now that you've made that mindset shift, you have the exact same attitude, even though you're back in California. Mm-hmm. It's different. I mean, to experience things, to, to be in the same place and having experiences that you used to have, but with such a different mindset, it shows you how much you've changed, like your whole mind about things. Because I, I feel so differently here. Um, and I mean, I, there are certain things I missed about France, but it really did, because I think like France was a shock to the system a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I also was very clear that I was like, I don't want this to just be like this one year, the best year of my life. And then I don't, and then now the rest of my life is just dull. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that to myself because I want every, I was like, how do I make every day feel like this? And that's why like on top of my like self care rituals, I also like have my own little things that I do that I look forward to in the day. And like, I get out of my apartment more. I know what it feels like to be like in the sunshine and like out and enjoying your life. And um, like, it just, it, it changed a lot of how I feel about my own life. And I'm glad I'm now like a couple of months back in the US and in California. And I'm glad to see that like, I haven't lost that. It wasn't like a only in France, only when I'm traveling type of thing. Um, Cause I'm like, well, I wanted that to be something that I kept with me. But I think that's amazing. I mean, that's like living the dream. You know, you've basically managed to find a way to keep the travel mindset with you, even when you're not traveling. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. It's kind of, that's sort of what I was trying to achieve as well. Like when I came back from being in Asia, it's like, how can I maintain this sense of gratitude and this sense of appreciation and purpose even though I you know I can't be traveling in Asia the whole time you know I think that's right. so important I know that um, I'm conscious of time but I did want to ask you about your Friday letters because I know that that's something that so many people love and I just want to say to listeners if you guys haven't signed up for the Friday letter yet you absolutely should um, I'm sure that Jamie will give me the link to put in the show notes for the podcast so you can go and have a look at it and see what it is and sign up if you want to. But basically, Friday Letters is one of my favorite things that comes into my inbox. And the reason for that is 
number one, it's, it's long. You don't necessarily feel the need to like edit yourself and like make it, I mean, I'm sure you do edit them, but to make it like, you know, short and sweet and like a snippet of like a soundbite of like perfection. It's like you write them as if you are, you are giving yourself space to really think something through. And secondly, on that point, they are super honest. It feels like you're having a chat with you in the Starbucks coffee shop that you, that you say that you write them in. And I just think that is firstly, freaking cool. And secondly, I wanted to ask you two questions on that. Firstly, how come you decided to do that? Because I think a lot of people now they think, oh, well, there's no point me writing this huge essay because no one's going to read it. You know, our attention spans are all shit and whatever. So how come you made that decision that you were going to write long kind of honest Friday letters? And secondly, do you ever find it a lot of pressure to come up with kind of a new letter every week? Um, First, I did it in part Okay. I wanted a column. I was thinking of, of doing a column and I was talking to an editor at InStyle and they wanted me to do a plus size style column or plus size something. And I was like, no, I'm not going to write about like that all the time. I'm not going to just write about my body all the time. So I, I was like, why don't I just like create that for myself? <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? Because, and then also I get to like, you know, talk directly to people. And, um, I thought about it for a long time because I was like, I want to make sure that I commit to this. I'm not going to just do it and then phase it out and everything. So, um, I didn't really know what it was going to evolve into. And to be honest, I didn't even know if people were going to read it. I really, it wasn't about like, are people going to read it? It was more like I was doing so much on Instagram, but like, every time I wrote a caption, I wanted to say more and I wanted to talk about things more. I wanted to really like dive in. And I just don't, I don't, like, I don't care if people's attention isn't there because that's actually not true because book sales are up, are, are like soaring. I don't think that that's true at all. I think that just, you know, we respond to culture. And I was like, I don't really care if, you know, someone, anyway, I just didn't really care. And then, um, I, it was more like I wanted a practice for myself and I wanted to write more frequently. And I knew that if I gave it a day, like a Friday that I would, if I said like, Oh, I'll email once a week. I was like, I won't, I don't think I'm going to keep to that. So I was like, I needed accountability in the day, which is how Friday letters came up. And, um, then how I write on, honestly, I don't even think about topics. I don't brainstorm. I don't do anything because what I do is like, I maybe when I sit down at Starbucks on Friday morning, I always have to write on Friday morning. It's weird. I can't write it like ahead of time ever. <laughs> um, and so like, I just sit down and sometimes I get a little in my head and I'm like, maybe I don't have anything to say today that I'm like, just talk about the most honest thing. And you know what has helped me is I don't think that I need to have anything profound to say because I personally am interested in the more like kind of mundane of like, how do you just exist in a life? You yeah. know, like how do you just go from week to week in this kind of life? And so I didn't put, I don't put pressure on myself to be interesting or anything or like, uh, I have to have like this really big 
wrap up or anything. Um, it just sort of things happen and I just sit down and I'm like, okay, what do I honestly want to say today? And you know, it's really interesting because the Friday letters have been, I mean, I know they resonate with a lot of people and that's awesome, but like actually they're mostly just healing for me because I write about things that like, I didn't think I'd be able to be comfortable saying. And then like one time I wrote about how um, Hosem and I fight sometimes that we get into fights mm -hmm. in our marriage. And I swear after writing that, I have never felt shame again for any kind of like tension within my marriage ever. Like it, it just released it for me. I was like, I don't feel this anymore. Like I don't feel shame about this anymore because I also got like, it was nice to have a ton of people respond and be like, my God, me too. Like I, it's hard, you know? And, and that had been something that I felt a lot of shame about. So on top of like having a disagreement, I was also feeling shame and all this stuff with like, well, does this mean we're not compatible and blah, blah, blah. Like at this point, I've been with Hosem for eight years. Like, I think we're compatible. I was like, come yeah, on, yeah. You know, we just, we're both headstrong and independent. Yeah. Like we want our own needs met anyway. So that was really great. And I, so for that, I don't like want to pre-plan anything when I write those. And I mean, I'm just as surprised as you are <laughs> that I somehow pull out like 1400 or 1500 words. And I'm surprised that I don't doubt it. And I don't sit there and go, well, no one's going to read this. I have to cut this down to a more, I just like, don't care. <laughs> it's like, it's so weird because I normally should care. Like in the past, it's like a phantom limb. I'm like, why don't I care? And I'm just, I think because I just like, I love the practice of it. And I'm like, you know, if people don't read this one as much, I got one coming next week. Like, Absolutely. let's just see. And I, I bloody love it. It feels like it's just such a freeing, creative thing. And also what you were saying about shame is really interesting as well. Cause, um, I was watching Brené Brown's Netflix special. Um, and like Brené Brown is like, I am not a religious person, but if I had to choose somebody to be my God, it would be Brené Brown. Like literally everything that she wrote, <laughs> she is, she, I love her. I think that she has, she's a genius. And she's talked about how shame, the way that you kind of get rid of shame or you start to approach it is by talking about it. And so you're saying you had something that you felt ashamed about, you know, being ashamed of, of disagreements within your marriage and actually now that you've written it out and you've connected with people about it and other people have said yeah oh my god I'm not the only one me too it's like you've you've taken away its power you know you've kind of accepted it as part of who you are and it's all good like that's amazing it took a while but I also you know, I've experienced, I've written so much on the internet that like, I know the other experience of being like, well, I need to make this more palatable. I need to do this. I need to do this. And it, it made me so unhappy that I was like, mm. well, I don't know. I just got to like get people to care about the things that I do my way. And that's, mm. I'm just going to have to do that somehow. And, you know, I mean, and I, I'm very humbled and like, to see how many people share my stuff and like forward it to people and cause it grows every week and I'm, I, it must be from people forwarding it to their friends and stuff. It's very humbling because I am like, I wrote, I write the things that I wish more people would write. Mm 
And so it's, I'm glad to know that there are people out there who, you know, want to talk about the nitty gritty type of stuff, because that's the kind of stuff that's hard to be honest about. Like, it's not the big sweeping things like saying like, well, yeah, I always doubt, I doubt myself too. Or like, I have hard days too. Like, that's not really, that's not, that's honest, but it's not like the whole thing. And I try to like, I don't know, I try to say things that I don't think other people say, but in a way that I need to say it in, I, I don't know, like, yeah. And I, I really, it's very, very cool to see how many people connect with it. Like it, it surprised me. I, I mean, think, I think what's hilarious is that when I see your posts or when I see your Friday letters, it's invariably something that I have thought you have this incredibly uncanny ability to say something. And for me, and obviously so many other people as well to be like, Oh my God. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I, that's what I was thinking. That's how I w wanted to write it, but I didn't write it. And Jamie's just gone and put, put it into words in a way that I didn't or couldn't at the time. And it's, well, I think that's because I don't try to, I'm not trying to be original. I, I mean, I'm trying to, Totally. remind us all of things that we know. <laughs> like I used to try so hard to be like, I need to say this so original and like so different from what everyone's saying. But now I'm just like, I think we're all really smart. Like my, I write my Friday letters being like, I think the people who are subscribed to this are smart. They think for themselves. And what we want is to feel connected. We don't want to feel like oh my God, she knows so much better than me. And like, I'm, I'm like not even close to that. Like, I want people to be like, I thought that too. Like, that's awesome. I want to remind people. I'm not here to like, I'm not saying, I don't think I'm saying anything too. I just don't think I'm saying anything too different. I'm just using my way of explaining it. Things that I've learned about all these concepts and things that have helped me. So I think that's why it's like, it's so much more of like a connection instead of like, I'm on my soapbox being like, okay, here's how you live. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. You're not like, okay, this is my 10 step plan. You're like, Hey, this is what I've discovered. Maybe you guys think it too. Yeah. That's so cool. So I usually finish these podcasts off with, uh, some more quick fire questions just to kind of summarize and kind of get to the heart of what we've been talking about. So the okay. first one, the first one is if you had to choose one way that your attitude towards self-love and what we've been talking about has helped you, what would it be? Peace within myself. I love that. What do you wish that you could tell people about self-love and being honest with themselves and also using social media in a really mindful way that maybe they don't know. Find a way for it to be purposeful to you and then connect to that every day. Awesome. What ritual or piece of advice would you say to somebody who wants to start loving themselves more every day, but struggles to do it consistently or struggles to feel like they're enough whatever you feel like really connects you to you that makes you feel heard do more of that and be very present in it when you do it awesome last question where can people find you online if they want to know more about you and your work 
obviously your social media handles, but also to sign up for the Friday letter and anything else that you want to mention. So on Instagram, I'm at Jamie Barrett. My Friday letters are friday-letters.com. And then my website is jamievarin.com. And I have replays of all my workshops, my online workshops available there. And also um, new tickets for upcoming workshops will always be available there and on my Friday letters. Um, and then I have my print shop, shop.jamievarin.com. And um, not as active on Twitter and Facebook, but I'm there too. Awesome. Yeah. I, I love, you've got so many things going on your print shop as well. It's, it's really cool. Everyone go and check out Jamie's prints because they're colorful and amazing and I love them. So um, yeah, thank you so much, Jamie. I obviously could talk to you for hours and hours and hours, but I know, know, same. <laughs> life, life marches on and we've got things to do and people to see. So I will love you and leave you, but thank you so, so much. It's been an absolute joy. You've got so much wisdom and so much insight. And I know people will relate to so much of what you said. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You are a rock star. I would love to hear what you thought about this episode. Come and join the conversation over at Breathe Like a Badass on Instagram. Let me know that you've left a review for the podcast. Let me know that you've listened. Let me know your big takeaways or anything that really stood out to you or made sense. I appreciate every single one of you and it is amazing that you've taken precious time out of your day to listen to this. So I would just absolutely love to see you there and just say thanks to you over DM or over email. Thank you so, so much. Another way for me to say thank you is through my free quiz, which asks you the question, what's really keeping you stuck and how can you break free? If you head on over to breathelikeabadass.com forward slash quiz, that will give you access to your personalized results and it will also allow me to send you your free three-day course on exactly how to take super small but super effective steps towards the calm, clarity, self-belief and let's be honest, courage that you need to build a fulfilled life that truly feels good. That's what I'm here for, that's my mission, that's why I do what I do and that is what this podcast is here for. So thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure and I cannot wait to see you back here next week.